Good afternoon. It is Friday, January 28th uh, here in the City Hall, Scottsville. Uh, Mayor David Birch uh, sitting down with Scottsville City Superintendent Greg Cook. It's been a while, Greg. I guess we actually only did one. So I guess there's been hopefully a lot happened since the last time we sat down several months ago. It has. Um, you know, and I've just kind of a little bit of an outline. We were just talking about things we could talk about or whatever. And, you know, I guess we could just start off with really kind of going back and looking over at, you know, 2021 and uh, how you think that, uh, you know, our vision from the start of 2021 and, you know, how you think it progressed and what we got done and maybe didn't get done and, you know, where we stand right now looking at uh, 2022 for the next year. Well, we had a very busy year. And we knew that going into it last year. Uh, but we've got a lot of things accomplished, uh, especially on the water side, the water departments. We've got our White Plains tank project completed. We went in and uh, Suez Company, they came in and sandblasted inside and out, put the containment unit all the way around the water tank and uh, got it all cleaned up and painted and logo put on it and good to go. So... Is that the first time that's been done? That tank, when was it put up? In 89, maybe? Uh, or do we know for sure? I can't remember. Right but that's the hand. first extensive uh, kind of, I guess, maintenance project that's been done on that tank, right? Correct. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting to see the whole process, right, when, from the start to finish, how they crawled up around the tank and mm-hmm. put the skirt and... You know, and you uh, tell a bit about your experience when you got you stuck your head in to see when they were doing the same. The, there was <laughs> there was some the the crew that that was doing it was a, uh, a Mexican crew and a little bit language barrier there, but uh, we I managed. To, I wanted to look inside, see what was going on, and that they was like no, 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 and so I, I kept on. I said yes, I want to see what's going on. So he finally. Agreed to it and let me put on this special helmet, kind of mm-hmm. like a Star Wars. Didn't or, have like or a respirator. <laughs> didn't have respirator. Okay, respirator system and everything. I assume right breathing apparatus, the whole bit. No, not not to that extent because I wasn't going to be in there long. Oh, okay. Just, he All just right. let me put over a helmet to protect yeah. my head and everything, sure. and where I could open my eyes and and see. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kind of like a Mel Brooks baseballs. <laughs> Great analogy. <laughs> and uh, so so uh, I put this on, and, and then he raised the curtain, and I had to crawl under and looked up, and it was just like being in a giant sandstorm. You could and already see what almost you, in, front of you, or in front of you? You could see right in front of you, yeah. and you could look up, and it was just uh, um, it was just a, like a – Like swirling around like you'd see like on a movie, like in a desert or something almost? like Yeah, like you was inside uh, – a giant sandstorm, yeah. and, and you could feel because I didn't have the protective clothing, uh-huh. and you could feel the sand yes hitting you in places. And I bet it would almost kind of like wear you down. Or, of course, that's what it's supposed to do for mm-hmm. the inside. But so that was kinda, so they did the, all the inside. They uh, they sandblasted. did they did inside the tank as well as outside the yeah. tank. And then after they completed that process, they went in and they put three coats of paint on. Uh huh. Now, did they roll that paint on in the outside or no? Yes. Okay. That's kind of interesting how they did that, wasn't it? Yes. And it was funny to see them hanging off on the ladders. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty. It was pretty high up there, you know. And they were painting and doing things and maneuvering around, like you know. And it didn't bother them at didn't, all. And it, <laughs> I don't and I was think like, that was their first job. I'd look up. I'd look down. I'd look up. I'd look. I down. know. <laughs> but it was. It, but you know, the the purpose of it is to obviously extend the life of the tank. And, Absolutely. You know, and I think that as anybody would know this, whether you have a car or whatever, maintenance is the life of anything. 
Yes, sir. And we were fortunate enough uh, through our budget, uh, I guess, preparation and so forth with the help of the team that we were uh, fortunate to, to lay out a plan. And you might want to talk about, you know, overall what Sue is, is you know, as far as the 10- to 15-year plan or whatever. Okay. That uh, what they, they recommend is on, on every tank, a tank should be visually inspected every year. And then every couple of years, do like a rover that goes inside the tank and does a, a inspection and maybe even put a diver in. But on the outside, they they plan, they think that the outside of a tank a lot of times could be painted uh, seven to ten year span. It just mm-hmm. depends upon how it holds up. Sure. Uh, and the, the weather, you know, over that time frame and all this. So... But with this maintenance program and everything, we should get another painting in this in the next fifteen years, mm-hmm. in that seven to ten range, and also at the end of the fifteen year range, as well if it needs it then too, mm-hmm. and possibly inside as well. Inside, most time they think it'll last longer because mm-hmm. it's not exposed sure. to the, to right. all the elements, and. Uh, but uh, that that's our goal. That's our plan. We're we're doing this, and and in the time frame, every year they come back and do these inspections, inside and out, and does the camera inspections. Uh, in a couple of years, I do a diver or a rover, and to make sure that the tank is where it needs. Well, I to mean, because things can change in a year mm-hmm. or two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if something's on the radar, you know they may see something, detect something, but may not be anything significant. But yet still it's been documented and like you said nothing like having eyes on you know where they do it like they do a rover or they you mm-hmm. know so forth so Correct. uh but now that's also hopefully in part of this whole maintenance program with the water uh tank so forth we're we've got two other tanks uh in the system that we're i assume we're going to be looking at at some point yes we are we have the Sumitomo water tank uh out here on 101 north and we also have Maisel road tank Okay, out of curiosity, what is the capacity of the White Plains tank? White Plains tank's 500,000. Okay, and what about Sumitomo? 350,000. Now, Maisel Road is the biggie. That's one million gallons. Okay. It's kind of interesting, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Maisel Road tank is actually across the road from the old tank, right? Yes, there was two tanks there prior to that one. Yes. Over the years. Uh, when they was first installed and all that, I, I do not know. Uh, the first tank sets across the road over there on the hill. And after that, there was a tank right beside where our existing tank is now. And then, of course, the bigger one that we got now. Right. But, uh, so, I, you know, of course, we take water treatment seriously. Mm-hmm. Water, our, our water supply, you know, it's, it affects everyone. And, you know, so there's a, a long-term perspective on this, i.e., uh, dealing with different issues. We, we've done quite a bit of work at the water treatment plant itself, and you might want to expand on that a little bit about how we did that. Uh, this past year we went in. This was another thing that, that uh, we was hoping to get done and got done is we went through and uh, changed out all the filter media in the in both filters that uh, and also fixed any any problems or anything that was broke at the time with the wash wands and such as that. So what does the filter media do? That filters water 
the water that we pump out of the Barren River Lake, it comes into the plant. The chemicals are added to it, and then it goes back outside. Then it goes through a clarification process where the solids will settle towards the bottom of that tank. And it comes back through, and, and the final process before it gets disinfected is it goes through uh, our filters, which is comprised of five different layers of filter media, uh, ranging from the smallest being anthracite down to a gravel at the bottom. And that water goes through that by gravity, and it, it mm -hmm. takes any dirt and stuff like that that's left in it out. It was interesting when they had the old media laying out uh, on the side to show the, I guess, the dirtiness or whatever. And plus, because we had some uh, ones that weren't working and so forth, it wasn't, I guess, circulating and bringing the filter media up doing what it was supposed to do at some extent. I mean, well, there's a circulation thing there in those, uh, both those filter compartments. Just like, uh, all right, just like picture uh, a coffee filter. You can use a coffee filter. And the water will go through it, and it leaves the grounds and stuff. And you can use one over if you so chose. Mm -hmm. You could use it as much time. It just gets slower and slower and slower. Mm -hmm. uh, so a uh, water filter is similar to that in the fact that as it gets used and used and used, it's building up more dirt. So then you have to backwash, which we force water up through it in the opposite direction to clean all that mud and dirt and stuff out, and that goes into our lagoons that are on site. Mm -hmm. And when you're forcing that water back up through, then you have these wash wands that are circulating and spraying down against that forced water and that, that dirt, and it breaks up. The purpose of those is they break up any mud balls that are formed. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, we had a couple of them that wasn't working properly so we had them replaced and at the same time we changed out all the filter media turned out really well though didn't it tickle of death yeah that's yeah. good doesn't it mm -hmm. well and some other things you've done out there you you know we changed the lighting yes sir painted painted the entire uh, plant yes it makes a difference and uh, <laughs> i think and all of that was done by our guys yes during winter hours that i think that's an important uh part of the process is that you know, a lot of the maintenance and stuff we're doing now is not, it's in-house. Yes, sir. You know, and there are times when you know, there's, I don't know about slow times, but there are times when that can, you know, that, those are maintenance things that can be done uh, in particular times of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with the lighting, uh, I guess I might have got a little crazy on the lighting. Of course, I wanted the flagpole illuminated. Right. And it is illuminated. Mm -hmm. And then they went ahead and eliminated the rest of the lighting outside, the uh, walkway and so forth. And I don't know if you've been by there at night yet but it looks like an airport yeah from the bridge yeah yep. <laughs> i actually i'm kind of proud of that because i love that that it's lit up now um i don't think any seaplanes have tried to land there yet but <laughs> but there's always a possibility right <laughs> well it's a, it's a good safety measure for those guys if they have to go out on yes. that walkway at night especially this time of year if it, you know with ice and uh, sleet, snow, whatever, sleet, they can see where they're going. And that's a big part because it's, it's a little narrow yeah. around the uh, the house housing itself a little bit. So, mm -hmm. And if the wind's blowing and so forth. But it is, it, it's illuminated the whole, you know, uh, I guess the complex, so to speak. But, yes, sir. And uh, so, I mean, I guess, and if we just want to continue on with our, our water, I mean, we can talk a little bit. Of course, the thing is, we're talking about the media. 
the, the filter and so forth. I mean, you're treating 30 million gallons a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot to go through monthly. So, you know, if you don't have the proper uh, or if things are not working properly, that tends to put a lot more pressure on what is operational. Correct. I mean, think about back washing and all that kind of stuff, 30 million a month. I mean, over the years, it takes a real toll on the ability for the stuff to do its job. Correct. So, and then, of course, you know, there's this little thing called unrevenued water, you yes, know, sir. and we're, we're, we're working toward that. I mean, uh, it's something we don't, you know, I guess we try to work out. It's, uh, you know, we're treating 30 million gallons a month. We're getting paid for, what, about 15, 16? Yes, and, But we've got a lot of things in place that are hopefully to detect a lot of that. Now, it's not going to – because there are just things that uh, account for – water loss or usage or so forth. But so where are we looking at as far as, you know, what we're trying to do there to maybe reduce that amount of, uh, of you know, unrevenue water, so to speak? All right. Well, the first first thing what we, we did was we looked in-house at, at our facilities because if it is a municipal-owned building, such as a sewer plant, mm-hmm. it doesn't pay for the water. Sure. So, but we got, we look in there and we was feeding um, chlorine dioxide gas and chlorine gas through water injection. So we started, uh, that was using around 900,000 gallons of water alone a month. So we started looking at other possibilities, other disinfectants, and and we come across this uh, PAA or parasitic acid, and uh, we can inject it directly into the effluent tank without having to inject it and mix it with the water solution from the other part of the plant. And we're in a one-year trial basis that was approved uh, through the division of water. We had to go through different steps and uh, apply by application that we wanted to try this and do a trial run, and they approved us to do it for a year. Other cities around us have done done it, and, and it's been successful, such as Glasgow. And uh, so we're into month six or seven mm-hmm. with that, and uh, it's it's been a good thing so far. So uh, after our trial basis, if everything is good and the, and the division of water approves us to go full time with that, mm-hmm. then unrevenued water will save around nine hundred thousand there alone uh, gallons a month. That's uh, a lot of water. Yes. Also, we are doing a meter project. It's going to be starting this year, a meter replacement project, AMI. Right now we're spending uh, approximately 15 to 20 days a month, most of the time around the 20-day period, uh, reading meters, taking three three men to read meters. Uh, with this new AMI project, those men c- will be freed up to do other things, and these AMI meters will be directly read to the office up here. And this will take about anywhere from 12 to 18 months from start to finish. By the time we get them all changed out, we'll have to uh, – not. it's not just changing meters out, but we'll have to change some uh, water meter box lids. We'll have to change maybe the whole meter box out. We'll have to put risers in some. Also, we'll have to set a few uh, around the city. We've got a – map that's been generated for uh, what to call DC units to be established. Three of them will be on our water tanks and 
three of them will be on light poles, mm-hmm. and there'll be solar units that will collect the data from those electric meters. And then that'll send, that'll save it, and it'll send it to the office where the girls can get the readings. Um, by doing that in this process, after we get that done, another way we're going to save with, by unrevenued water is we will get hourly readings once these meters are in. Like now, if, if we have someone has a, a leak and or there's a broken line there, it might be the next month before it's noticed. Mm-hmm. And but this this new system and the program, it generates hourly readings and it will send alerts to our office to the girls uh, if there is if after so much data has been collected and it sees a pattern, it can tell if there's under usage or over usage. And it'll send us alerts saying, hey, this meter number such and such, such and such, it'll red flag it. And we can send somebody to on site to look at it. Or we can pull up right here in the office and look at the background information and look at the, the graphs, it's, how it's been performing before that time. Much more efficient. Something yeah. else you're going to be able to do as a consumer or a customer, you're going to be able to download an app, yes, and you'll sir. be able to uh, track your own water usage if Absolutely. you think there's a re- or you just for your own personal benefit or if there's something you think might be wrong. I think that's a, another aspect of this program that makes it more user friendly, more you know we, I guess, more access to your own data. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so we, we did get a little bit started on our training this past week. They uh, came down and kind of trained uh, the ladies in the office about just kind of touching base on the administrative part. And then also I think you all went out in the field just briefly. We did. And kind of looked at where the locations were as yep. far as the transmission, uh, I guess, antennas or whatever. Antennas, the DC, unit, DC units, DCU units, right? where they're going to be located. Also, we went to some uh, – different meter sites, Mm -hmm. some it's kind of that might be for larger facilities such as Smuckers. You know, we have to plan in advance how we're to keep them from being down and when we change these out and all this. A lot of of work, a lot of uh, time goes into. Well, I mean, mean, basically, you know, I, I look at the city as a utility company. Uh, to, uh, for the most part, because in those facilities, you know, the hospital, the schools, all, they all depend on gas, water, sewers, kind of so forth. Mm-hmm. And the quicker that we can respond to an issue, both in a residential and commercial environment, uh, that gives us uh, an opportunity to get something repaired or addressed. Because, you know, you take the hospital. I mean, they can't be without water, I mean, right. at least for a long period of time. Right. Uh, and I think that this is another step forward in a response time, and a, and I keep using the words efficiency, but efficient, uh, much, enough data uh, that where we can address issues in a timely manner. Right, absolutely. Another way that we can save on the unrevenued part of this is once these meters are in, installed and we start getting some uh, data accumulated on that, we're going to go back and zone off the city and sections, and we're going to put some flow monitoring devices on some main lines. Mm-hmm. So, and then we can look at the data that they create. And if we see anomalies or something that looks out of the way, then we can isolate and look for leaks or 
something like it or on revenue. Well, I mean, that's, that's just part of the whole, you got to have the data, mm-hmm. you know, to diagnose or, or, or have solutions and so forth. So, I mean, I mean, there are GPS and all those things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to quickly locate. I mean, yep. we spend quite a bit of time sometimes looking for things. Right. You know, valves <laughs> and so forth. Well, it's I mean, just older infrastructure, though. That's nothing good or bad. It is. And, you know, we was talking about 30 million gallons a month. If we broke it down to, say, a million a day. Mm-hmm. And if we had these flow monitoring devices spread out, they should tell us where that million gallons is going. And what if we're only, then we can isolate that area and we can look at those meter usages and wait a minute, this is only getting a percentage that it it should be getting more. If it's passing a million gallons through this full meter, Mm -hmm. why is it only showing up 300,000 gallons on the meter readings? Correct. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 So somewhere between there, so it does narrow it down. It narrows it down. It's a way for us to to isolate, and it's not an overnight thing. Oh no! You know, it's it's just you have to take uh, you have to crawl before you walk kind sure, of thing. Sure, absolutely. And and the more we get used to it, the more familiar we after we got it installed and stuff, we'll be able to see more things. Aren't you happy with the way that that's going in that direction? As far oh, as the, you know, the infrastructure, uh, the updating of facilities, and so forth, and it's all you know part of growing as a community uh, and providing good service uh, for our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything else on the water treatment front, I mean, can we think of? Right now, that's that's where we're at. I mean, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. looking at, you know, uh, we got our maintenance program for our water tanks and our clear well to water plant. We're looking at the water meter uh, replacement, AMI, and... Uh, so that, that's pretty strong right there. We've done uh, fairly well with update, upgrading our equipment for this past year, haven't we, as far as what we use at the barn and so forth? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you want to talk a little bit about how that's helped as far as, I'm just thinking about the skid steer and the uh, uh, yeah, we, taco. We, uh, some other things that we, we did, you know, we repl- in this past year we replaced a section of line on Oliver Street. That's uh, true. Uh, cool. We went in there and put in new uh, line, I can't tell you how many feet right offhand. But we but did that on our own. We did that on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and we installed fire hydrants and everything all the way up through there. And we replaced a two-inch line that wouldn't provide what it needed to. Right. Uh, but in that process, we did all this our own. We fixed the yards on our own. In mm-hmm. the skid steer that we have, we bought an attachment for the front of it. Uh, is that la- the landscape rake? Landscape or, rake. Land okay, rake. yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, that's a trick, isn't it? It goes through and picks the rocks. I up saw that. That's amazing. And, and levels the ground where you can sew it good and yeah. make the yards look more like what they need to look. Yeah, when you dig a yard up, you know sometimes it doesn't get put back just very well. But this thing, I'm telling you, it was amazing from you know what you saw when they used it versus what we hadn't used it for you. And it, it didn't make a difference as far as sewing it down. Took all those stuff out. But I mean, it was amazing how. It, it sifted out the big mm-hmm. stuff. It's yep. kind of amazing. And we also got a grapple bucket for it, mm-hmm. which is comes in handy because you can pick up in your if you're in situations like that, you can pick up roots and everything, mm-hmm. and it lets the dirt sift through, fall through. So you're not taking the dirt away from the yard; you're just getting the debris out of it. You can pick up a couch with it. Well, and I, and we found that out because the our 
the backhoe that we use a lot for junk pickup was has been on the blink. But you know, for a moderate amount of investment, we were able to turn that skid steer into, you know, and, and the attachments for that are uh, there's a bunch of them for different things, right? And I think each year we're yeah. trying to look to see what we can use it for. Yes, sir. But uh, so what else? Uh, the track hoe. We got a new track hoe, right? Uh, yeah, we got, got a track hoe, and uh, that has been just a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, you can you can put that thing that many track hoe in places that you can't or you cannot put the the back hose. Right, and we we work in tight spots sometimes, right. especially you know jacking up a water line or so forth. And and we've got the hammer drill attachment for it, you know, where we Is can that bust, where they bust the concrete up, bust the sidewalks up and. I don't think anybody misses the uh, jackhammers. And I may be wrong, but I think, you know, well, like a good example, we really started using it down there on Hill Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were talking about, I don't know, in 30, 45 minutes, they did something that would have taken maybe three days, mm-hmm. two or three days. Yeah, it would Just jackhammers. So yeah. another, you know, an opportunity to become more efficient. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the equipment we talk about you know, it is fairly expensive, but it's planned out in our budget. Uh, but, you know, long term, and I think, you know, this is something we talk about a lot. Is our, the vision is long-term investment to save over the long run and be more self-sufficient uh, because it's all an, an investment. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like with using like the time we're saving, uh, not using a jackhammer, the amount of money, I mean, it's, it's an investment, and it's a return on the investment. Absolutely. So, and uh, Greg loves return on investment. Don't you agree? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it, and it's nice to be able to – it's really cool to see the guys doing a lot of this stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've challenged them. Uh, talk a little bit about – and I, I don't want to just jump around, but what brought me to mind was the sewer treatment plant. You know, you had them do a project, uh, and, you know, they had, they tried it. We had um, – Explain had, a little bit about what that is and what okay, it – you know. Okay. We had, we had a car- one of our carousels. Uh, it's a, an extended aeration ditch. We, it's also known as a carousel, where we have the, these big gearboxes that turn aerators. It puts oxygen in the water, keeps the bugs alive. It's a biological process. Well, the one of the shafts had it been there on there for twenty something years. It served its purpose, and and uh, it rusted in two and, and broke. So they got it out, and I'm talking about like an eight-foot impeller on the bottom of it. So I told the boys, I said, uh, get, let's get some quotes together on what it would take to repair, replace the aerator shaft. And, and uh, we got some quotes, and it was like 20 And uh, to replace one. And I said, well, we really need to replace them both because the other one that hadn't broke is the same age. You know, they've served their purpose. And I said, but I hate to spend that kind of money. You yes, know? folks, I, he is hyperventilating. He's up here. <laughs> so uh, I try to be conscientious with it. And uh, so I, I I talked to Colin and, and Roy and Joel and Logan, all them, and I said, look, I said, we've seen this done a few years ago. And I said, I think y'all can do this. I said, do you think you can do it? And... Uh, they said, yeah, but there was some hesitation there. And then I, like a day or so, went by, and they come back to me, and they said, we can do this. Well, it's something new for them. Yeah. Yeah, and a little I, bit reluctant. And I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to let you try. Yeah. And uh, so 
they uh, took and they we we sat down. We made we formulated a plan on how he's going to do it, how he's going to bridge up the the new impeller and everything, and get it under there, and, and how we had to remove the gearbox off the top of it with a hoist crane, and and uh, it it was a job, mm -hmm. and they done it to the T, perfect, and uh, saved the city twenty something thousand dollars and done it with you know. Done it themselves. Well, that's good planning and the logistics of getting it done. And actually, probably saved more because we did, had to do them both. Right, that's it. So they done good. And, I was very proud of it. And it's working good. Well, and the thing is, you gave them the opportunity to try it. Yeah. And that is one thing that we are we're pretty good about. Hey, if they, you think you can do it, uh, we've never done it before, but you know we can try it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll try something else. But I think that that's the great thing about Greg is you've given. Uh, all departments uh, an opportunity uh, to do the do, to do stuff on their own right. and with a little bit of uh, guidance. And you know, when you give somebody a project, sometimes they think it through and they actually may come up with a better solution. And we've seen that, yep. uh, especially in the gas department. And uh, it's it's pretty cool to see see the wheels start turning because mm -hmm. when you when you mention to them, I'm sure they're like, I don't know about that, you know. Right. But, but you'd be amazed because. Like you said, you get five or six guys together that's never, I'm not going to say that's never listened to, right. but maybe just felt like it wasn't their place to sure. inject mm -hmm. what they thought. Right. And uh, you put that many minds together, they can come up with a lot of things. Well, my experience, Ben, is that the people on the ground are the ones that really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we've learned that in all departments, mm -hmm. that if people are actually doing the day-to-day -day work, it's it's if you can get them to talk, you know they'll come up with some ideas, or they can tell you what what's not working, or what may work better, or at least it's worth a try. Absolutely, they they work with it every day. They do, and while they was doing that, there was another uh, like a baffle need to be made for one of the return lines, and and uh, we got a price on that. Well, then Roy and them, I mean, they was all into it. They, <laughs> you know, they said, well, what if we do this? And they made their own. It's working great. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a trust issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool to trust those guys, or you know, it, it's two way street. Uh, I, I want them, and you, and I think it's it is like this. They feel like they can come to us, mm -hmm. and you, you know, and ask, hey, let's try it. I was right. like, sure. You know. Well, I agree. I agree completely. And uh, and so far, it's, it's proven to be uh, very successful and, 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 and a cost savings for a lot of things, too. And hopefully down the road, they even become more proactive right. You right. Know, about things. Right. So. If, um, if you never try, you're never going to succeed. True. And I think that, you know, as we build our inventory of equipment and different things, we're, uh, we're given more flexibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, with the sewer uh, treatment plant and water treatment plant, we've done well. You know, I guess one of the big things uh, we can talk about is our gas department. I mean, I mean the gas department is the cash cow of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you can kind of talk about, uh, if you want to, where we were at, where we're going, and, you know, where we're going to probably end up at some point with our gas department. Okay. Well, uh, right now we have our one gas station out here at the Halifax area, and what we are working on, have been working on for the past, well, a little over a year, mm -hmm. is getting a, a second station, supply station, 
and getting it out on the Bowling Green Road area. Now, why is it important to have a second station? Because we've got the one at Halifax. What, what's the significance of that or the danger in having just one? If you just got one station and something happens, that's, it's eight miles from Halifax to Scottsville. If something happens and that station has to be shut down, then no gas is coming to Scottsville. So the importance of it is is redundancy. I fail safe, so if something ever did happen, we have a backup. And because we don't want the schools, the hospitals, nurse homes to be without gas, or anybody for that Sure. I mean, it's a real responsibility Mm -hmm. uh, providing utilities uh, for uh, all all our customers, you know, both uh, residential and commercial. So, but so, uh, so talk a little bit about what that's going to do for us. I mean, we're going to be able to give us some flexibility on our old station at some point. It will. And once we get this new station in, we can, we can either feed from one or the other, Mm -hmm. or we can still feed from both points. And, but once we get the new one in, we can take the old one out and do some upgrades Mm -hmm. that needs to be done to it. And that, that you can't do if that's the only station you got. How old is the Halifax? Without building bypasses and a lot of stuff like that. How old is that Halifax gas distribution station? Uh, Has it been there ever since they started gas service in that Scottsville? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's, that's so that's it. been a long time ago. I think it's around the late 40s. Yeah. Somewhere So, there. I mean, it's worked great. But last year we had a little bit of an issue that where the ground, I guess the, the ice formed around the line and it started buckling the, the road and got a little got a little tedious there didn't it yeah what happened when when it got uh down in freezing temperatures in texas last year uh a lot of the suppliers had had you know they lost their power and stuff and and they shut down well thank the lord we didn't lose any gas our our broker got it from another company and, and and so we never lost any gas flow but it was a different from a different company and the temperature was a little different and for every 100 pound of pressure that you drop, uh, you, you, the temperature of that gas drops 7 degrees. So that supply line feeding Halifax, it was, uh, say, eight, just for easy, 800, 800 to 900 PSI, and it's dropped down to 300 there for us. So if it's at 900 and it drops to 300 at 600 uh, difference in pressure, 600 pounds. So if you do the math, th- six times seven, that's 42 degree temperature drop. That's a huge drop. So the the gas that was going through that station, we done the calculations, and along with uh, Kinder Morgan's aid and the Kentucky Public Service Commission that mm-hmm. night, and uh, that temperature, that gas was going through it like at zero degrees. So ice was form- formulating around the the pipe. And it was pushing up, so mm. it bucked the road, looked like a giant mole going it across did. the field. That's kind of what got our attention on the uh, redundancy issue on the new gas distribution, I assume. I mean, I know it was an issue before, but this really kind of brought it to light. Right. We was looking into it before that. Yeah. That just kind of lit the fire. Yeah. Or show the how close we may have gotten to not having to cut the gas service off the yeah. city. Yeah. So I, I think I'm really, really getting – uh, warmed up to the word redundancy on a lot of things. It makes <laughs> yeah. a difference. Yeah, it's good to have a backup. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so a little bit more about our gas. Uh, we've got, uh, I guess, four 
gas certified technicians or at least four, maybe five and five. Yeah. And uh, so we're looking to do what with that? Well, they have to be certified to work on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately we'd like to have uh, – our guys are so great. They they can do anything. They work in water, sewer, gas, streets, you know, what, everything. Whatever needs to be done, they do. And uh, But at some point – don't know when right. this would happen. But at some point we'd like to have those – a gas team where that's sure. just what they did mm-hmm. – and and they could concentrate because sometimes, you know, you might work on a gas leak or something today, but then there might not be nothing pressing uh, that you have to do. There's things they do every month and sure. every week. Don't get me wrong, but something pressing for a while. So I'd like to keep all that fresh in their mind and mm-hmm. where that's what they concentrated on, you know, every day. Well, I mean, as we're growing and we have more gas customers, i.e., haven't we installed at least one service to a resident ourselves that we hadn't done before? Oh, yeah. we uh, maybe a couple, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's been, uh, I can think of one, two, two, three here recently that we we done uh, with uh, Electrofusion mm-hmm. that we uh, didn't do in the past. Right. We got them all trained this year and uh, – uh, people, when you hear of gas welding, most time you think steel to steel. Mm-hmm. Well, the Public Service Commission, they're pushing people to go to plastic, polyethylene mm-hmm. and such. Well, when you talk about welding with plastic, it's electrofusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got our guys, they went through some extensive training. So they've been trained on that, and they've they've done some electrofuse welding. Because we've got our own we got our own equipment. machine, yeah. our own equipment to do yeah. all that stuff. That's awesome. Now. So it's a machine. What is it, an electrofusion machine? Or yes, okay. sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how that works, isn't it? Yeah. And they dove, dove right in, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're, they're eager to learn. And, you know, because uh, and, and sometimes you run into, like, you know, emergencies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to get somebody to get there, you know, from a team. But if you've got some people on site, the response time. Right. And I think that's a lot of this, response time. You know, and, and a lot of times – you learn these things through uh, emergencies or things that happen. Sure. And and we had a uh, – when they was putting these uh, – a third party was putting these light poles out to Bowling Green Road, <laughs> augured into right. uh, our poly gas line. Well, we had to get somebody to come fix it. Nobody was trained to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to wait for a guy to come out of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And he was super nice, great company. I mean, we got the gas shut off immediately. Right, sure. And, uh, but you couldn't transmission, it, couldn't transmit any gas until it was fixed, right? Yeah, yeah. And at that point in time, we was glad there wasn't nothing in the mm-hmm. in the uh, industrial park. Right. So, <laughs> right. But uh, other than Halton, Halton was sure. Fine. But um, um, so he come and we got it fixed and everything, and and that opened our eyes that you know, hey, we need to do, be able to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be dependent upon outside sources to do a lot of stuff that we got uh, competent, capable people that we can do. do it. And with our the right planning and, and, and uh, forecasting, we're able to provide the necessary uh, resources mm-hmm. uh, for those folks to succeed. And in the long run, it's all about, uh, you know, our service, and I keep saying this, customer service, so forth, to our 
uh, our residents, our taxpayers, and so forth. And I think it's really a, a great thing that we have employees willing mm-hmm. to want to learn and grow and move, you know, they can and maybe move up or so forth in, uh, in the city. Uh, but it just allows us uh, independence mm-hmm. to a certain extent and not dependable, uh, dependent on, you know, things. Now there are, you know, we have uh, our, our welder, uh, I call him, man, the guy's amazing. The guy comes out of Nashville. Now, that's something that is a specialty. Yeah. I mean, actually welding live line, right? Live mm-hmm. Explain a little bit how – well, a good example down here at Orthopedics Plus. You know, yes. When it, <laughs> yes, I had to think for a minute. Yeah, uh, Tri-County decided they wanted to they, drill through that line. They, they drilled Accidentally, through Accidentally, of course. Yes, through yeah. a service line. Yeah. Uh, we got this gentleman, Sean Kelly. He's on this side of Nashville. He come up and – Great guy, uh, veteran and, and uh, certified out, mm-hmm. you know, just out to yin yang. And uh, but he come up super guy, and we got down there and he welded it shut live. I know the gas is it's yep. you hear it right? Yeah. It's yeah. flowing, and he's yeah. he's you know, yeah, so. cool as a cucumber. Yeah, and 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 the city's had good welders like that. Oh in the yeah, past too. Oh we, sure, uh, we, out of E Town. Yeah, you know, Carl Corbin. Sure, he's, oh he's yeah, a great welder. It's a, but there's not a lot of them, I assume. No, they're, they're, <laughs> it's a special. They're a special breed, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to do it. They don't get paid enough. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. But you know, it, like you said, the calmness. You know, it's like well, it's just yeah. part. You know. Yeah. Well, out here at uh, Southern States. Yeah. That was an interesting process. Yeah, we had to build, uh, uh, move the line when they built that gas station. And so we had to build a, a bypass before we cut that. That all had to be done live. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Sean and uh, then Bernard's out around Chattanooga, they had to come up and they had to do some hot, what to call hot taps where they drill yes. into that. That was interesting line. to watch. Oh, and, uh, I mean. So they did that and Sean welded everything up and then they done the hot taps and then Sean welded that stuff up. And we opened up the bypass, and then we cut out the old line. Right. Yeah. I, well, I think it's what happened. I was way far off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Now <laughs> I think about it, was I actually standing over that? I don't know. But, I mean, no, just but another, yeah, yeah, and we did that, right? Yeah. I mean, we were able to get yeah. it ready for those guys. But, I mean, that's a specialty thing, and that's something that we probably won't approach as far as a gas welder himself, right? I mean, you and never know, say never, but. Never say never. You know, in the past, we had one. Mm-hmm. The city had one, R.C. Duke. Yeah. Uh, a great guy. No longer with us, but a great yeah. guy. Uh, but with the state going, or the Public Service Commission pushing the, the plastic lines, sure. uh, we felt like doing the, what to call the butt fusion or the electrofusion with the plastic lines. Mm-hmm was what was coming aboard. And that's kind of what getting they're ahead pushing. of the game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. being prepared. So that's where we're And that's a good saying. thing. Uh, you know, as we're growing, you said, you mentioned the IDA, uh, Industrial Park, you know, and we've got a development, 231, different things, and, and we've got individual customers as far as gas. And, you know, we're investing in the ability to install gas, and hopefully that's going to grow more and more. And... Uh, uh, and it'll pay off in the long run, uh, the initial investment to give us the flexibility. Because, you know, some developers want gas, some don't. But right. but if it's available and we're able to do it without a great deal of cost, I mean, because to bring in a third party to lay a new line, the industrial park stuff, would be quite expensive. Correct. But now I know uh, right now uh, we're getting ready to, uh, you know, lay the sewer line and so forth out at the IDA. Well, the city of Scottsdale is going to actually uh, – 
provide gas service into the park. I mean, we're going to take the main service line down into the park, and, of course, the customers would hook on with their taps and so forth. Correct. But that's something that we would not normally do in the past. No, we would have had to hire that out in yes. the past. And it's, uh, but it's another good opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. you know. And then th- that'll be a fairly large-scale project, I'm assuming, w- with an industrial park. Yeah. I um, mean, you know, five-eighths is maybe like a service line, and you're talking about a six-inch line out right. there or four-inch. Um, so I'm looking at our list here. Um, what do you, what else are you thinking as far as, I mean, you've got your list. So why don't you kind of, I'll let you just kind of run through. I've kind of, I get off, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but sometimes I just get off on a tangent. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kelly's like, can you stay on point? And I'm like, well, but if I don't say it when I think of it, I forget about it. <laughs> I understand that. Well, uh, we've hit on every, you know, we've hit on the water side. We've hit on gas and everything Uh, the sewer side you know a lot of people are always interested you know where are we at with our baptist hall issue yeah uh so you know to bring people up to date on that we're doing a sanitary sewer evaluation survey we we're doing that that's the first process and this past um we started in october and uh as part of this SSES survey, we had a company. This is all done through the engineers. Mm-hmm. They, they get the companies to come. And this company come, and, and we smoke-tested uh, the north side of Scottsville, as people remember, that live over in that area would know and remember. And we also done manhole inspections. We got those out of the way. We got the smoke testing out of the way. We also got uh, pump station inspections out of the way in the drawdown test to make sure that the pumps are pumping at the rate that they're supposed to be pumping, you know, the efficiencies mm-hmm. where it's supposed to be. So we completed all of that. Uh, that company, they're sending all their data back to the engineers for the engineer to review. And uh, I submit quarterly reports to the Division of Enforcement, which is a branch of the Division of Water, uh, which governs or makes sure that under this agreed order, we do what we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. And so the next step would be in the upcoming months is we will be doing flow monitoring. And what I want people to remember is when you're trying to find this uh, sewer leak that's affecting this part of town, there it's, it's a lot goes into is it. Is it a needle in a haystack sometimes? Sometimes it is. <laughs> you know, we've done camera work. Sure. We've, uh, we've also completed some the camera work that was required. And sometimes you can't find it through camera work or smoke tests. So, you know, just different things that you, you do, you start out with what's going to be the, uh, the cheapest. Right. You know, you don't want to just blow. Sure. Uh, so the next step we're, we're doing is going to be flow monitoring. Mm-hmm. And when you do flow monitoring, you, you do during the wet months of the year. So... You know, if it was last summer and people's wanting to fix, well, you can't do it. You got to have the water. You got to have the flow. You got to rainfall. Right. So that's when it causes the issues, right? I mean, correct. You know, the rainfall causes the issues. So if it's in the dry summer months and you're getting no rain, we can't (laughs) tell nothing. Exactly. So in the next few months, April, May, June, Mm -hmm. we'll have flow monitoring done. It'll be set up at, at certain spots across that part of town mm-hmm. and that'll be done for those three months and then that data will be collected 
then we'll formulate again from after that after that and and we'll go to the next step you know they put us on a timeline so we it ain't something that we're going to start and not finish this sure. will be completed this will be fixed mm-hmm. it's just we have to jump through the hoops and go through the processes that the state is telling us that we have to do we had to we had to take engineers and the engineers and ourselves we sat down and we formulated the plan that was the first thing we did mm-hmm. uh we just didn't scratch our head and say well let's try this we, right. we put right. a lot of hours into this and then once we come up with a plan, we submitted it to the state. The state had to approve right. how we was going to attack this. And then the state made suggestions as well. And then we come back and we form- took our plan and we made any adjustments that needed. We submitted to the state. Sure, They was fine with everything. And then now they just monitor us to make sure we do what we said we was going to do. And that's the that's the report you're filing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, I, and what I really admire about you is your uh, relationship with the compliance department, division of water, and so forth, uh, and and hitting it head on. You know, uh, when you uh, find out there's an issue, uh, you address it. You talk to the engineers, and then you go through the plan and working with the state. I mean, I think that people understand a lot of times they're there to help us. They're mm-hmm. not there to hurt us. Right. And you know, uh, when they see you're serious about actually. Uh, solving a problem and going through the steps. Now, it's not cheap. Correct. I mean, a lot of the things, you know, the engineering study and all that kind of, it's not cheap. But it's in the long run, it's an investment uh, to ensure that our, uh, that our facilities and infrastructure is working properly in the long run. Right. And, I mean, there's no sense, I learned years ago, there's no sense lying about something right. like that. They're going to find out. They are. And, and yes, it is or not. Or stick your head in the sand not even think it's there. You know? Right. I mean, that's... And that's, that happens. I mean, people, you know, that's just the way human nature in a way right. to a certain extent. But, uh, but a lot of these, these these things that we have to go through is not cheap at all. Oh, no, no. And and by the time it gets done, it's going to cost to fix it. And people also need to realize, you know, we're not on an island. Every city in the state of Kentucky faces the same issues when it comes to sewer. Absolutely. And because and at once when I, I used to think we was on an island. You know, and these guys, division enforcement, they tell us, you, you know, we deal with this every day. Sure. Everybody. Anytime you talk to any, commu- any community, mayors, county, whatever, there's always infrastructural issues because it's old infrastructure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and the main thing is, like you said, is to address it. Right. Show effort. Be honest. Show effort. And then just do what we say. And it's costly, but it's, it's cheaper in the long run, yes. than paying penalties and fines. It is, and it's going to be fixed one way or another. Correct. Uh, and I think and that's something I want the uh, you know our audience and our taxpayers and our citizens and Scots to understand that, you know, yes, these things are costly, but it's an investment. You know, we're taking the money and we're investing in our future and our infrastructure, and that's the important thing. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's an enforcement issue, but more importantly, uh, I think it's uh, – I think, like I keep saying, it's an investment uh, to ensure that our facilities and our infrastructure is working properly for the long haul. And once you get to a certain level, then it may be a little bit more manageable. Correct. But you've got to get to that point. And, you know, every city's had years and years of neglect because it is a cost issue. Right. But on the other hand, sometimes if it's not right in your face or somebody's not telling you that, hey, you're going to have to do this or it's going to cost you 20000 a day. Right. Now that that's a wake up call. Yes. Or maybe I think it's twenty five thousand. Yeah. Whatever is yes. crazy. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's good. And what else? What? It, uh, yeah. 
that's uh, that's something that we really are working on. Uh, that seems to be the thing, the Baptist hollow issue, so to speak. Yeah, on the sewer side, that, that's it. And uh, also we're making some upgrades to the – we've planned to make some few upgrades to the sewer plant as well with some aging – uh, machines. Well, don't you think that uh, the demand for our services are growing? Yes. And will grow in yes. the future. If we if if we get the the developments uh, that that are coming that they say that they're coming, mm-hmm. if they if they do, then yes. Are you happy with how what we've done in the last uh, 12, 13, 14 months? I am. Or actually, even since we you know kind I of came into. We we started out with a plan. We did from day one. And uh, every day we work towards fulfilling that plan. Now, a lot of times I found out that my timeline and the state's timeline <laughs> or the contractor's timeline sure. is not the same. Right. Uh, I like to see things, you know. Sure. But uh, every day we're getting closer and closer to seeing what we want to see. Right. Well, but and the thing is, we've I accomplished mean, a lot. I think we've I think we've done well. And the thing is, though, but things along that way. You know, there are bumps and there's changes, you know, there's detours and stuff you have to do. But like you said, you know, when you're working with the state, mm-hmm. uh, it's a step-by-step process. And sometimes you take a step forward, you might have to take a couple steps back, but you get back on track. Right. And I think that that's the thing. I mean, I'm like you. I think I'm, I get impatient. But, you know, when you think about the, uh, the consequences or the uh, – or not even that, or the consequences, yes, but also maybe the uh, – successes mm-hmm. that go along with that process in the right. long run I think it's it's right. the best solution and, and one of the things besides seeing the, the things that's been accomplished like the water tank and the work at the water plant and things like that is what I love is is the amount of work that our guys has done or not just guys just every, every department yeah. every sure, department because We've challenged them. We we put things in front of them, and they stay busy. And, yeah, and they they've done a lot, and they they need to be bragged on. And I uh, I want to give give it where it's deserved. I think that's so. great. Yeah, and I think you know they have stepped up. Right, and you I know, think it's important. Just like uh, you know, we're taking uh, you know this limited number of people and asked them to do a whole lot more. Sure, and. You know, doing sidewalks, doing right. uh, concrete head walls, and doing well, all that patching stuff. driveways. Now we're patching into that. I mean, you know, and that thing, you know, we kind of got our paving. We were kind of the mercy of our contractor, uh, Deweese, as far as paving our streets. We've got several to do, and but on, and, but the one kind of downside of that is that you know, when we have a gas leak or water leak, we're having to dig a yard up or dig a driveway up. Right. And you know, a lot of these people are waiting. 10, 11 months to get the driveway repaired. Yeah. So we've, we've addressed that. We're yeah. going to have our own uh, uh, hot box. Yeah. We're going to be late. And we've already done it. We, you yeah. know, uh, we've uh, passed a few places, and it's it's working well. We're learning. It's a process. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a couple you know, sidewalks, you know, repairs, uh, construction. Electrical. You know, electrical, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I mean, those are, and you know, uh, return on investment things. We're investing in equipment. And personnel that can do these things, yeah. and and more importantly, our existing workforce is learning new things, training, uh, yeah. training. And uh, I, I mean, I really like the direction uh, that we're going, and you know, and, and it's it's a, it's it you know, it's because of what you brought to the table. I mean, you set the example. You're the role model. 
you know, you've been in every department. You've been in you know, water treatment, sewer, you know. Uh, sometimes you, I think you might want to just go back and do your because <laughs> you've got all kinds this of irons a, in the fire. There is a challenge to this. It is. But, but I mean, it, it, it's it, – I. It, it, to me, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's exciting to see a lot of the stuff that because you know you talk about a lot of things and right. we do talk about a lot of stuff. Right. To see it come to fruition is pretty awesome. It is, it is. And I think uh, you know, like we talked about a while ago, we get a little impatient sometimes. But I mean, we're really. I think I think it's, it's important to see. I want I want uh, folks. I want the public to see what we're trying to accomplish here, right. quality of life here in our city. Uh, you know. You want your kids to stay here. I want my daughter to come back here, yeah. and I want to give them a reason to come back. Right? You know, and this is you know. So really, it's not for us. Correct. It's for our future, and right. you know, I just think it would be awesome uh, to provide that type of environment uh, and place to live, and hopefully, you know, we're going to be a small part of that. We want we want to leave it better than we found it. <laughs> exactly. That's sure. It, so. uh, any final remarks? Anything you want to? We've covered a lot of ground, and maybe we'll do another one. Maybe it won't take another, what, 10 or 11 months, or maybe 14 months, actually. <laughs> but uh, there is a lot to do, you know, well, and a lot to talk about. So well, getting, getting this, I guess, one of the biggest challenges I've seen is, you know, you come in, you've got this, you've laid in bed, you've, you <laughs> yeah. woke up early, you yeah. thought about all what you're going to do that day, and you get here, and bam, it never goes it, that It's way. right. You know, something, all he takes is one, <laughs> some call, or water leak or something. It's like, okay, well, they were going to do this, but they're going to go to here and do yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah. happens. So. And, you know, we've already done, we've had, what, four water leaks this week? Yeah. You know, and, it's, it, you know, I said on the radio, uh, I guess, yesterday, I said, well, you know, there are seasons and everything, and right now it's water leak season because yeah, of the contraction and expansion, you know, of the ground and frozen, freezing and uh, thawing. But, um so I was trying to think. I can't really think of anything else right now to talk about. You got anything else on your list? Uh, that's no. I think we've hit just about everything. Um, just we want to continue, you know, with the the same yeah. philosophy with yeah. where we're headed, you know, yeah. and be more self sufficient. And and I and I hate and I know people use the word transparent all the time, and I know it's a cliche to a certain extent, but I really feel like that we are showing. Uh, folks what we are doing it's out there and another thing we do we like the podcast here you know we have our city council meetings on facebook live on youtube and so forth and uh we, you know so we're trying to get the word out and show people what we're doing and um i think that it's important to show because you know it's their money mm-hmm. you know and we yeah. want them to know that uh, they're investing in their future too so that's right. kind of nice so, well, I guess that's about it. We uh, well, we're stayed almost under an hour. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> so, not too bad. for a Friday afternoon, yes. Well, well listen, I appreciate it, Greg, right, and well, thank uh, you. City Superintendent Greg Cook, and uh, thank you all for listening. And we will uh, we will be back at some point with another guest. Thank you all, y'all. Have a good good weekend. Thank you. Thank you.